Well, that's a good introduction. And uh, Paul Wilson from RWA Productions. Or is it... Oh, that, do, do, that was a really good time, to be fair. It was a oh. nice little... That shows you my improv skills, <laughs> doesn't it? Hang on. <laughs> How we doing, Paul, mate? Yeah, I'm doing all right yourself, mate. Not too bad, not too bad. I'm clearly doing a lot better than Dov. I can actually get a drink and, like, <laughs> consume it correctly. Mm. So before we, we get into oh. what we're going to go through today, uh, which is the transfer, obviously the deadline has happened since our last football show uh, and the FA Cup game against Fulham, which the result is below me visually, uh, a 1-1 draw, in which I think Sunderland were unlucky uh, not to go through to the uh, fifth round. But um, I'm going to say hi to a couple of people in chat. Dale, welcome along, saying, uh, here we go, tight millionaires owning our club. That's one of the things I want to talk about around um, transfers. Nathan Thomas, hello, welcome along. And uh, can't believe that no striker was bought, says Dale. So we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll check in with Dov, make sure he's still alive. Yeah, I'm. I'm good. I'm. I'm. I'm breathing. <laughs> well, you so see, you drank water and it went up your uh, went up your nose. Literally, I was rushing up the stairs because I heard you starting to stream. <laughs> oh shit! I've got to get there before he introduces me so I can say hello. <laughs> and as I'm running up the stairs, drinking water. <laughs> as I'm running, I like inhale as I'm gonna drink. It is fun. Inhale water. You just feel as a like a normal human being to <laughs> do the basics. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've also got just to my side here the live league table. So West Brom and Coventry are playing at the moment. That's about half an hour in, and uh, West Brom are currently in the lead, one nil, which does see Sunderland drop to tenth before our weekend game. But obviously, games in hand, etc., etc. Right. So, oh, and uh, hi, Jacob. Jacob's popped in the chat saying, Will Millwall Sunderland 1 1 prediction for tomorrow? That's a, we'll get on to predictions for the games ahead a lot later on in the, in, the, in, the, in the show. So, first, transfers. Paul, what are your thoughts of our transfer window without me going through who's in and out? <laughs> uh, well, with the players we brought in, um, actually happy with okay uh but like i said to you and uh deadline day yep we were expecting to bring more in uh, more in did they come in no they never do they never do. they never do that's why i don't like with the rumor mill on online i never trust it until it's officially on the summoned or like one of the northeast newspapers because until it's on one of those, it hasn't gone through the official press and the marketing team. So uh, it, it's kind of a strange one because you want to announce as many people as quickly as possible. Um, but yeah, um, it's a strange window, shall we say that, to say the least. Because obviously we knew going into the last couple of days because of the Fulham result and uh, Rush Stewart getting an injury that we were desperate pretty much for another out and out striker we did get joe gelhart which is a striker and is a good signing good promising young player to join the project uh but 
I think we needed a second one in anyways. And the fact that we failed to do that is kind of concerning from my perspective. It's not the end of the world, don't get me wrong. It's disappointing, essentially, more than, more than anything else. I think it does squander our chances of that potential promotion push and the playoff push if it was going to come. Do you agree? Disagree? Let me know. And I'll uh, quickly read through all the chat as well. Yeah, I agree with you, mate. Yeah. Kill half for us. Dov, do you have any any thoughts on it? Um, um <laughs> no. no, no, fair enough. You, 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 I know, I know. Dov, Dov's essentially not a Solomon fan, so he'll not be on the nose with this. I'm getting there. You, you are getting there. You, yeah, I'm not like a, I'm not like a, I'm not like a you. No, no. Yeah. Your your interest is mainly in Liverpool, so we'll 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 chat a little bit about. If you get promoted to the Premier League. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we could have some proper. Our team's better than your team, kind of. But uh, yeah, well, we all know Liverpool's doing better than Sunderland, but yeah. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Acacia, welcome along, Don Kaleno. I am going to butcher that because Kalino. Kalino, Kalino sounds cool. Oh. Uh, it depends. It depends. <laughs> it depends. Country of origin depends how you pronounce it. Don Colino, welcome along. Sorry, mate. No worries, Acacia. Thank you for being here. Uh, just watching the Fulham game, and it's a proper tough tonight. Are uh, you talking about the Chelsea Fulham game? Is that what's on now in the Prem? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. But, um, Paul's keeping an eye on that for us, and I'm keeping an eye on the West Brom game. So. Kalino, Kalino. Okay, thank you, thank you, Don. Welcome along. Uh, we need Mitrovic and William to get sent off. They're doing some right bad tackles tonight. Does that's a good question? Um, we'll talk about it a little bit more in it when we go into the FA Cup predictions. Um, but does a red card in the leagues affect the FA Cup and the the um the other cup games? Because I'm pretty sure this is bringing it back to the mags. The mags got a red card in the semi-final second leg. Are they? Is that player suspended for the Premier League next match, or is it suspended for the final? Is that how that works? Or is the FA Cup different? No, oh, yeah, it does. Yeah, it, it, any player who receives a red card uh, in any of the competitions is suspended across all domestic matches. So they could play in the next, the next final the next actual game, which could be like three weeks' time, but they've served it during the league. That's really, really quite strange. Yeah, that is strange, that like. So yeah, we'll we'll see it we'll see how that pans out. Because <laughs> uh, I'm I'm kinda rooting for Manchester United for the first time in my life. Um come yeah, the end of Feb. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's gonna be an interesting one. Um so yeah, we'll talk about the the uh, the players that came in and what I think of those. So you have Pierre Equa, you have Lahaji uh, from. So Pierre Equa was from West Ham, Lahaji was from Los Gleal, and um, both these are French players. Then we have Joe Gelhart who came in with three days to spare on the transfer window from Leeds, and then finally Joe Anderson from Everton as a centre back. I want to say he's more of a um, like a right back than a centre back, but yeah, which he's travelling down tomorrow. Who is sorry? 
Uh, more work confirmed. Anderson's traveling, and so is Gelhart. Okay, so we've got two of the new lads that are potentially first team starters already. That's really promising. Uh, I'm kind of a little bit disappointed. Like Lahaji and um, Equa aren't yet. I know Equa's English is a lot better than Lahaji's. I'm going to butcher his name until I actually hear him, hear him say it, by the way. <laughs> Uh, Manchester United are your third team. How many teams do you have, Acacia? <laughs> what the hell? You're supposed to have one per league, like, per country. So you could have a Scottish team and an English team. I, although I don't know why we'd want a Scottish team. <laughs> but you could have an English team, a Sp French team, a Spanish team, that kind of thing. But Manchester United? Oh. <laughs> That's gross. Isn't that, isn't that gross, Dov? What's gross? Sorry. Supporting Manchester United. It is, yeah. Get out. I don't <laughs> but it's it's not as gross <laughs> as supporting Newcastle United. So. Oh yeah, that's what. Uh, mm, is it? Mm, yeah, 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 yeah. It is. Uh, <laughs> that's like choosing between what you want to eat, um, spit or vomit. They're both yeah. <laughs> not palatable. Yeah. Uh, right. So, those four players are. Uh, good gaps to fill out in our roster, right? In our player base. We did lose Bailey Wright. Why did he go again? Uh, Rotherham. Rotherham. Yeah, the league struggles. But he's out on loan. He's not a, a full sale. So yeah, it's a loan deal. It's, a, it's about game time for him. And I think we've played Rotherham twice already, haven't we? We have, haven't played him at their ground yet. So he's out for that game. So that pretty much guarantees that if they are getting more comfortable with defenders and him in defence as a first-team starter, they've got to keep him out of that one game. So there yeah, you go. You can't play against us. Yeah, because it's a, it's a part of the loan agreement. You can't play against your parent club. Kind of. It's about that. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. He, he is a really good defender. I can see him picking up. He can rescue a lot of points for them this season. Um I thought Australia picked them um, <laughs> to be in their squad. I know he didn't start much in the World Cup, but the fact that he was in the World Cup squad for Australia shows you what, like how high he's regarded in a national yeah, well, setting. Others, I've seen who Rodham's last game of the season is. Uh, who's that? It's actually Wigan, so could barely right to actually send them down. I'm sorry. I I know it's. I don't ever really wish like relegation on anybody, but the whole Wigan situation. Uh, yeah. At least we're not Wigan. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. Jesus. I I I just the way they're they're currently set up. It's just embarrassing. The. Yeah, it, it is what it is with Wigan. I'd, I'd rather not talk about them too much because it's uh, it's going to potentially upset a lot of Apple cards. Um, so yes, we had a defender in for a defender. Um, we had where would you class Lahaji as playing? Like a CDM or a like a, a left sided midfielder. I don't know because isn't is, he? Um, is can't he play like as a striker? He can, but his FIFA card says CDM, so that tells me that he's been put on on the um, the development squad. The uh, the it just tells me that he's sorry. It just tells me that he's 
is more focused in the middle of the park than up front. But uh, it, some of these younger players do have a natural drift towards going further forward, and maybe that's it. But like long term, he'll settle down into that um, holding midfielder position, which I think is to replace Elise. Um, who also went out. Uh, we had um, Gelhardt come in, was it just after or just before Ross Stewart's second injury of the season? The days are getting mixed up now. It's all happened since um, last Friday. It was just before Ross Stewart got injured. Yeah, so he, he was in, he was looking to be like the partnership. Yeah, because I remember seeing some like Quinn and Phillips photos with their faces photoshopped on top. <laughs> So um, we, we've got a new striker in. We've got a striker out, out of injury, so he could come back at any stage, depending on how well his recovery goes. Uh, we've got defenders out and defenders in to replace them. I think it's an okay steadying of the ship logistically. My main concern with this transfer window, though, is the lack of getting a second slash third striker in um, to compete with Ross Stewart if he was fit and Gelhart for that starting eleven. We we knew going into it that um we needed two strikers going into that window and getting one is a big dampener. Um but like I said it's not the end of the world. We do have a dedicated striker in Gelhart for the rest of the season if he doesn't get injured. Um I was say, fingers crossed he doesn't I'm forget. I'm also forgetting that Jacku left. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, getting a phone call. I'll be back in a minute. Oh no, he's still. Uh, Leon Jacku, who was apparently a striker, left us as well. But he was never getting uh, any full yeah, ninety uh, minutes as a. Speakman actually classed Jacku as the third striker, which is absolutely bizarre because he's not scored. He scored one goal for us, right? And that's last season. Out of his yeah. twenty, he's played like twenty odd games, and he scored one goal. That is, if he is a dedicated out and out striker, that is abysmal. It's, it's not even. I think it's worse than the um, Josie Altador era. It, it's embarrassing. He's got. Yeah, yeah it is, mate. <laughs> yeah, so, um, that's the transfers that we've we've got. I think we're all very conscious that that second striker would have been vital to our potential, and if I'm going to point it correctly, playoff push. We're only four point, uh, three points away from playoffs, and we're competing with with the rest of them. Essentially, there's a huge pack. Um, I think pretty much anybody in the top half of the table right now can finish in playoffs. Um, it's just having a good spell of games. Do you think what we've done in this window is enough to to keep that momentum going? That's an open question to everybody in chat, but um, Paul, if you, if you have any thoughts. I'm not sure because I've heard um, that apparently Mowbray doesn't do well second half of the season. Um, and that's actually coming from a Blackburn supporter. I've actually heard it from. Um. Yeah, but that's historically like historically is not what's gonna. It's not guaranteed to happen again. It's it is a, it is a little bit like if you keep doing the same things. Um, 
and expecting different results. That's a sign of insanity. But it's a completely different team. It's completely different players. Maybe this time with um, the infrastructure that he has at our club will be different and will actually be successful. So what he's done in the past at Blackburn, what he's done in the past at Middlesbrough, wherever he's been in the past, is essentially just a statistic he needs to change. And why can't why couldn't he change it with us? That's that's my outlook on it. Is it yours? Yeah, it's the same here. I, I, I actually think it'll turn around. Um, I, I'm kind of optimistic of how well our season's going so far. Again, I, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of chatter online uh, essentially saying that. Um, it's very disappointing. It's the worst thing we've ever done. And to them, and it's the other side as well. There's the other people who said, if you were told you were going to be within three points of the playoffs with nearly 30 games on, on the cards, you would have snapped your hands off at it. Regardless of what league position we're in, we, we are doing really well this season. Um, you've also got to remember we had 12 games out of our 28 without Sims or Stewart in there. Now that Stewart's gone again, it's now got we've now actually got a good prospect in Joel Gelhart. And I think because he's going down um to Millwall, it's a prime opportunity for us to kick on, essentially. We've just got to show faith in these new signings that we actually we got we're gonna deliver on the promises that we've said to them when we're recruiting them. The... Yeah, because I think that's why Gelhart came into us, because uh, like I said last time I was on Mm-hmm. Um, Tony Mowbray did held talks with Gelhart and actually saw that Christian Speakman apparently actually told him the model, um, yeah, the way we're going down, yeah, and um, apparently Gelhart was actually over the moon with uh, what Mowbray and Speakman said, so that's why we actually got him uh, well ahead of the other teams that was involved. Oh, the, when when he um created the social media posts on it, it was very much a I once I heard Sunderland were in in for the offer and I would I jumped at it, but that's obviously easy to say once you've signed a contract. Um, do we trust in 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 that statement essentially that he did want us the most out of those three teams bidding for him? It was us, Wigan, and Blackburn. I think if I remember last week, what you said last week. Um, yeah, because it was Wigan us. Blackburn and Middlesbrough. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, oh, and Middlesbrough as well. That's yeah, an interesting one. As well. So that's interesting. Two of the teams that have approached him are above us in the league, like as it stands at the minute. Like not by much, but they are above us. Uh, Middlesbrough obviously in third, and Blackburn in seventh. Us down in tenth, uh, with a game in hand. Bear in mind, um, is. I don't know. It's a strange one because does he see Sunland and the project as a big brand and a big thing to to enhance his career? So I kind of feel like he would have had the same with either Middlesbrough or Blackburn. So maybe it is we've actually done the right thing commercially as well with this 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 signing. So good sign. Um, yeah, like like case you just put even Swansea was even after Joe Gellhart. Yeah, yeah. I, I, like, 
uh, Robin Hood's popped in at the chat and uh, said essentially what I'm trying to get across in in a sentence or less. I think the club uh, club did just fine. Yes, we could have done use another striker, but in hindsight, it's easy to see after Stewart's injury, every team, every other team would have likely have been asking too much. I I agree with that. Apart from the Stewart injury stuff, I think we we needed two strikers in, and there was rumours around getting five potential strikers on deadline day, which I think is let's just chuck everything up in the air and see what ha- see what lands on our feet, and nothing did. Um, the old SAFC would have overpaid for somebody that would have wouldn't have worked out. So yeah, I'm actually fine with the business. I'm I'm generally okay. I'd probably rated like a six out of ten as a as a window. Like like you said, we've got new signs in. They do seem like they could, like literally start tomorrow and, and fit right into our system. So that for me is a really good sign. Uh, the players that we've released, I'm only really concerned around Bailey Wright's going to a competitor. But um, beyond that, yeah, I think it's been okay. Yeah, so yeah, because um, the uh, the interview that Speakman done was the club um, podcast actually. Yeah, the Unfiltered yeah. podcast. Um, they are uh, now since the windows closed. Now Chris uh, Christian Speakman's now looking well ahead of the John um of the summer transfer window. Yeah, so the fact that we're talking about the summer transfer window now is something that that really does kind of um worry me a bit because it, it's that to me is saying we're settling ourselves and we are saying the season is safe and done and we're not going to push for anything um i'd much rather us approach the summer transfer window within like five games left of the season when we mathematically know what's probable with the club not at the end of the January transfer window when we're saying, oh, we could have gotten a couple of players here and there to help bolster and push. I think it's that's a that's a strange sentiment for me. Let's have a look in the summer window. Yeah, I don't think Speakman's doing that. Though. I think it's probably the recruitment team, like Stuart Harvey. I think probably Stuart Harvey's probably going out to watch a couple of teams. Yeah, and to be fair, recruitment and scouting is a is a, a year long thing. It's it's not like oh we only have four months to to scout and see what players are on the market. You're supposed to be doing that early doors. So if it's the scouting team saying that, I'm absolutely fine. That's that's okay. But if it's the head of recruitment, he should have been coming up with this approach long before December even kicked off. Probably even before the World Cup. It's kind of kind of strange. Um, Acacia says, Swansea were after Joe Gelhard too. There's another name in the mix, but I think they're, Swansea are on a little bit of a downward trajectory, really. Um, I think that would have been a bad move for him. The fact that he's at Leeds, who've then been promoted, and he goes to another team who's looking for that double bump back into the Prem. It wouldn't have surprised me if West Brom went from and he went there, but yeah, it, it's it's a logical decision if they if Sunderland are coming for it and they're saying you're going to feature as one of our most prominent players going forward, you've got to jump at that chance, really. Um, yeah, you do. Mate. The thing is, for us getting him, I th- I actually think Sam Greenwood's actually um, had um, had a had a good save in this, to be honest. 
Who did, sorry? Uh, Sam Greenwood. He used to play for us. Yeah. He for Leeds. Yeah, yeah. Why, why did he have a good say in this? Yeah, I'm I'm just thinking, you know, like what Alessio done with um, Harry Agwe. Um Yeah. Do you not think possibly Sam Greenwood spoke to Gellhart and said to probably to Gellhart, um, you know, like uh, you know, like what we, what we've done with them, um, you know, the young players. Yeah. Because um, uh, um, well, to me, uh, yeah, Goodwood was was in our academy. Yeah, so I, I I get where you're coming from from that. So he's saying basically, if you're looking at like a um, if you're concerned about it being somewhere you don't know, I've give, I give you the recommendations of stay in this area, do that thing, um, talk to these people, that kind of thing. He's he's the networking bridge for him to come to this club, um, to say it's it's actually a decent outfit. So yeah, um, that's a, that's a possibility, but um. Again, it's one of those things that hindsight twenty twenty, we will look back in like two, three years' time and go, "Oh, that era was quite kind of weird, wasn't it?" While we were hiring loads of kids and expecting that to work, or why didn't we hire kids sooner and flourish in the Premier League oh, before right. we got we got relegated back in twenty sixteen seventeen? It's yeah, like I said, hindsight's hindsight's a bitch and. Yeah, <laughs> we'll see how this recruitment window actually impacts that. Welcome back, Dorf. Hope the phone call went well. I don't know. He is, he is all good. Yeah, good, good, good. Um, so, but the window was open for a month. Yeah, exactly. You've got four weeks to make a commercial uh, signing for a talent. Essentially, if the sporting industry, so football, had a open recruitment policy... Um, so you ha- basically you could hire who you want when you want and if you wanted to pay for them how would that massively change how this sport is kept competitive and fair do you imagine like, you know, if you were working in a restaurant say and you you lost your cook because um, a competitor decided to hire him as a chef so he's got, he's got an upgrade you've then got a gap that you've got to fill out where do you recruit from? You start looking down the pyramid or you start looking at people up the pyramid who are not um who are not getting used and not um getting their services um used as well. So that's what I think we've approached. We've started to look at the people who are in the the five star top of the game um outfits, the West Ham's, the Everton's, the people who are in the Premier League. I don't know how long those two teams are going to be in the Premier League, don't mind. <laughs> um, the uh, Los Galeels, who've actually been there, done that, won something, but not letting these people do what they can do best. I think that's a really good sign for Sunderland that we're looking at that market, because if you compare it to the previous transfer window, we were hiring from uh, other League One, League Two teams. Now we're doing the Premier League. We're looking at that upper market of of players and quality, and I think that's ultimately a good positive sign. Right, <laughs> I think we've 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 chatted a lot about the transfer window now, so I will swiftly move it on, um, and uh, <laughs> we'll talk about the 
the FA Cup Fulham game, which we drew 1 1. Uh, but before we did, uh, <laughs> so I think Don, uh, Colino, and Dale are talking about what Tony Mowbray had um, <laughs> snack wise gummy bears, uh, revels, Jaffa cakes, grapes. What else has he had now? Is he had a Yorkie yet? <laughs> Get after the game tomorrow. <laughs> oh, oh, we'll we'll see what's on the uh, press release. Um, oh, there's a lot of Snickers, but did you make love oh, them little things? The the obviously the Lego Mars bar, but the white inside. It's this like white nougat. You're not on about the boundaries, are you? No, no, that's coconut. That's oh, coconut. Is it a Mars bar, but what? It has like this white nugget kind of thing in it. It's like a. St- I want to say Milky Way. But I'm not sure. Yeah, Milky Way. Yeah, Don, Don Colino has said Milky Way. Um, Milky, Milky Way. There you go. We'll have a, we'll have a, a snack pack of Milky Way in the next one because they, they are banging. I, it's a shame I couldn't remember what they were called, but yeah. Um, right, Fulham game. I think we were unlucky not to win that one. I will. Have you watched it? Oh, is DJ here? Game. DJ's here as well. Welcome along, DJ. Hello. Hello. Uh, Hello. We're halfway through our uh, Mac and Football show, but uh, nice to have you on. Yeah, no, but I've just uh, been uh, sorting stuff out and stuff. Mara. Yeah, no worries, mate. Life happens. Don't worry about it. Um, Aldi's version is the marathon. No, I'll... Uh, no, that and marathon used to be a Snickers, by the way. Or Snickers used to be a marathon. Anyways, one one. What did you think of the game? Are you talking to? Oh, I, I, I asked just before the marathon Milky Way stuff. Um, you you watched it, Dob? So. Oh, I did. Yeah. Um, it was a good match to be fair. Um, I think you, if I'm being honest, you got unlucky. I think you probably should have won it. Um. I think for the goal that was scored for them, I think your defence could have done a little bit better, but again, it's, it is what it is. Um, moment of brilliance, really, from Kearney, it wasn't it? It is a moment of, yeah, it was, at the end of the day, it was an astonishing goal. Um, you can't really fault it. It was, he dribbled around to like, what, four or five defenders, and they just fucking put it in the back of the net. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Match, I think, yeah, you got unlucky. Um, <laughs> Probably should have won it, but at the end of the day, it is what it is. Yeah. So uh, Don Colino has popped in the chat, passing for man of the match. Who would who would you say was your man of the match? I think you watched most of it. Um. Yeah, do you know? I think I'd agree with Patterson actually. The goalkeeper, Sunderland goalkeeper. I don't think I mean, he had he, that much he to had do. Quite a lot of... Let me have a look at the stats. I think he saved quite a few shots, to be fair to him. It, it did, it, it, they did have a fair few shots at us, and that, to be fair, we expected that as well. Um, but man in the match, I don't think he had that much to say. He just had to keep his head switched on all that much. For me, it's an outfield He's... player, and it was Ahmad. Yeah, they um, had 22 shots, 12 were on target. 12 shots on target? Oh, yeah, okay, fair, fair enough. Yeah. A shot, a shot every nine He's minutes. very well, to be fair yeah. to him. Yeah, okay. Okay. I, I can understand the Patterson approach. Um like I said, they they 
the Kearney goal to level them back up, I think was a a culmination of allowing them a lot of time on the ball. But uh, yeah, I'm gonna st- I'm gonna stick with Ahmad. The double save. Like I said, yeah, he kept us in the game, and and without him, we would have definitely lost that. I think if we had Bassing goal instead, like we might have been promising him the cup games. I'm glad we didn't because Patterson in goal definitely did a better job than I think Bass could have. I I agree with that one. Um, Paul, what were your thoughts on the 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 Fulham Sunderland game? Let me see Burnley for a second there, by the way. Uh, yeah. So, what, what were your thoughts on the match? Uh, to be honest, when we scored, I was because well, the thing is, I was I was because I was out in the town actually. I was going between two pubs because um, the stream I was watching on it froze actually when we scored. <laughs> of course, it did. There we got so, loaded. So I, I jumped into another pub, and lucky enough. It didn't even freeze. I was like, thank God. Oh, it wasn't a dodgy link. It was just a full-on stream pause. Yeah, it was. Oh. Uh, ASPN as well. Oh, that's bad. That's bad. <laughs> but uh, uh, I thought we played all right from, uh, for me. I, I think we held our run. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to ask... And, uh, that save from Patterson, but when... Um, if only uh, Chris Wiggs' goal actually was onside. I know. That that was a 90, 89th minute, a 91st minute. It was like literally just around the 90th minute mark. And it was. Yeah, to be honest, when that goal went in, I actually celebrated like mad. But when I, when I saw the offside, I was like, oh, you've got to be joking. You you must have you must have missed our dramas on the watch along as well then because DJ saw it at like a full forty seconds ahead of us. He was celebrating like get in, look look at the fucking screen, look at the screen, look at the screen, and then we're like, oh yeah, we just got the goal. And then he goes, it's been given offside. So <laughs> it's given it offside. Fuck. Um, oh, I don't think it was used that game. I thought it was VAR that was given it offside, or was it the line or then? I think it was a linesman. That's interesting. It does make sense because Sunderland don't have VAR, and if the replay goes there, you can't have VAR in one fixture but not the next. Is that right or not? I don't know. If it, I thought if it was there, use it. But if not, we'll find it's out. A shame we haven't, it's a shame we haven't got VAR in it for uh, the replay next week. <laughs> uh, can't believe Murdoch taken off had him to score first. Yeah. To be fair, apart from Kearney, I can't name a outstanding Fulham player in that match. William did an okay job when he came on, but yeah, I, I, I genuinely can't think of a, a, another Fulham player who put in their best shift. Um, and I don't think Kearney actually put in his best best shift either. I just think he had that moment of brilliance. Right, DJ. Are you there? Can you hear? Yeah. What were your thoughts on the Fulham Sunderland game? Yeah, I thought it was a great performance by Sun, to be honest with you. I thought it was really good. Um, by a lot of pundit standards, uh, Sunderland certainly matched Fulham. You couldn't tell Premier League from Championship. Um, 
you know, both teams could have won it if they took the chances, but I was very impressed how we did, just absolutely gutted <laughs> at the end, because I got overexcited thinking we scored, shouting man, watch the screen. But um, absolutely no complaints whatsoever. It was just a bit of pill with Stuart getting injured. Oh yeah, I forgot that. that... <laughs> I forgot that was the same match. It feels like the last five weeks have just blurred into one moment. <laughs> This transfer window business, um, yeah. Um, the fact that what do, what do you think of Pierre Equar coming on the pitch? So he was the only signing that we had in at that moment. Um, uh, that was signed off as fit at least for for something. He nearly scored, didn't he? He nearly scored, yeah. But he, do you think he proved what he is capable of or was capable of with West Ham or? Do you think he was just a another well, body on the pitch? He was in the right place at the right time. I know he didn't score, um, and he wasn't on for very long. It's all positive stuff, and uh, I'd like to see see more of more of the lad. To be honest with you, we've got no choice with Stuart being out the rest of the season. But the fact that he was in there causing the nuisance—it's all positive. Massively positive. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the thing is as well about you to know actually, but that actually was his first. Um, First time, first time actually in the first team. Yeah, fair not fair enough, not for us, but even for West Ham as well. Yeah, like he 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 wasn't given enough trust, and I think slotting him in, especially against a Premier League opponent, I think shows that the project I'm doing the air quotes. I've got to do it every time uh, that the project is actually being delivered on. Um, what I I I would love to see what this project is. Um, on paper or in a statement when the end of the season or when the project is over because there will be an end date for this project and whether it's marked as a success or failure I would love to see what the pitch was in the back in the back office to see why that project was the one that was devoted to the most and it's quite clear everybody's mentioning it um, and the, the players that we're bringing in we're trusting straight away to do the job Um yeah, I, I I don't know. It's just it's just one of those things. I think, like you said, we're a little bit unfortunate not to take the win um, from that round. Um, but we get a replay at the Stadium of Light. It's on TV, so we can do another watch along. Um, yeah, and it's on Wednesday. Is it on Wednesday now? I thought it was Tuesday the seventh. Yeah, it's Wednesday because um, Sheffield United have got their replay on Tuesday on TV as well. Yeah, those are on ITV. Yeah, got yeah. Okay, so it's been pushed back, uh, but to be fair, it was kind of flexible in any ways. Man of the World, welcome along. Saying Millwall 1, Sunderland 2. Uh, we'll get on to the upcoming match just after our full Fulham review. Um, <laughs> that threw me off a little bit. So... Uh, we, we've mentioned the moment a couple of times. Uh, Chris Rigg coming on last five, ten minutes and then putting the ball in the back of the net. 15-year-old in the fourth round of the FA Cup thinking he's got the winner against a Premier League opposition and then it's just taken away from him because he it wasn't him who was offside. It was the player, the pass beforehand that was offside. Um, I, I'm really happy for him, but really... Good for him at the same time. What 
what do you reckon to Chris Rigg in, in that? I know he was only on for five, ten minutes, but what, what are you thinking around him and Sunderland? Or I, think I, from, yeah, I think for me, I, I think I, I'm just pleased we're giving him that, um, that actual game time, Hans. But, uh, you know, one thing I liked about it, uh, when he scored, I'm not sure if you've seen, but um, he actually got hold of Sunderland badge uh, and actually got his hand, actually put it to it. And one thing I noticed yeah. as well, because it's been it's been on social media. Before that game, he actually followed Newcastle stuff on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I think. Right. And after the game, he actually unfollowed every single thing about Newcastle. Oh, that's interesting. Do you do you think that's because like the the communication between them and Newcastle has gone off. I say them because it's his parents that are essentially looking after it. They'll have an they'll have a sports agent, but because he's under under sixteen, he's not allowed to sign his own contracts. He's not officially employed anywhere until he turns sixteen. So, you think that's him and his his cohort of management, his parents and their man, their football agent have had chats with Newcastle and they've just basically said he's not worth that much. Um and they they've just went, all right, fuck you then. Is that is that what is that me oversimplifying what's happened there or Yeah, that, that that's what I'm thinking. It's uh, it's happened that way. Yeah. Doesn't do a oh deals come up with a good little point here. So the fact that we're signing new players, bringing them in, and he says doesn't does not do our existing players much confidence. I think it does, uh, and the reason I think it does is the ones that have been um, allowed to leave, Jacku, uh, Bailey Wright, and somebody else, Elise, they knew that the players coming in were going to um, out-compete them for their position. At least... Uh, who am I thinking of? Matete. Yeah, Matete. Matete, sorry. I know it was E-E-E-E all over the name. Um... Matete, so I've I've said Alicia like five times in this stream, and nobody's correct. <laughs> uh, right, so the fact that those three have gone out know that they're not going to be in the first Morbury's first team selection, and I do not blame them. The other ones can be. Everybody who's still left in the squad is up for the pickings, and I think the fact that this project promotes people who are ready the game time that ultimately trumps every other decision. Do you disagree, agree with that? Uh, I'll throw it to DJ. If he's here. <laughs> DJ? Hello, hello. Hello. Do you agree or disagree with that? Um, not agree, yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> that was short and to the point. Paul, what about you? Yeah, I actually have to agree with uh, what you said, mate. I like people disagreeing sometimes, you know. You don't have to agree all the time. Uh, Dov, um, as somebody who's not, like, obviously uh, out-and-out Sunderland fan, do you think that's a smart approach from Sunderland and our roster of players? Is Dov there? Dov's gone. 
<laughs> he's still in the car, but I think he's muted himself. Right. Uh, Jacob's travelling home from France uh, from a uni thing, so I think he might have been scouting for Sunderland for some more French players, but don't hold me to that. Lycée was good at Fulham, but got a card. The fact that half of our team pretty much got yellow cards, um, I'm not that concerned about. I think the referee was looking to assert himself and being in a match with a Premier League team is the perfect time to be strong as a match official. It's good for their careers, right? So, But to be honest, the only thing that, well, for me, that I'm pleased about Wednesday, mm-hmm. Luke O'Neill is actually back from suspension. Yeah, to be fair, it was a free, it was a free match suspension, so um, that makes sense. Do, uh, do you think with with Luke O'Neill, I think he's very much the Lee Catamol of this current squad. He is highly likely and very prone to get cards in matches, and that's essentially what we like him for. Um, some fans absolutely hate it and think he's. Um, what's it called, reckless and, and naive and, um, yeah, a, a bit stupid in some tackles, but ultimately he puts his heart on his sleeve and he plays his, plays his legs out, and that's what the rest of the fans like about him, and me included in that second bracket. But I understand, like, we can't have somebody who's very passionate and really wants to, like, put in a good hard tackle get sent off week in, week out. It's just not professional enough, um, especially when we're looking at consistency and, and keeping a solid squad. So, the Luko 9 situation, mate, you said he's back. Do you think he starts, or do you think one of these new lads takes his place? To be honest with you, I wish I knew the answer, but I'm not the manager. Wait, no, 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 it's, 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 it's not which one do you wish, it's which one would you prefer. Because Alicia says, okay, Alicia, Acacia, I've been watching Fear of the Walking Dead. Sorry, Acacia. Um, I can't wait for Lukey Boyd to be back on the pitch. Like, I love watching him play. Like I said, he puts his heart on his sleeve, and I, that's what I really like about players. Um, they put in 100% effort every game. But his recklessness is at the level that we're used to in League One and mid championship. It's. It's not good for pushing up the leagues. It's fine. <laughs> not good getting sent off injuries. No, for me, I think probably Morby might play the same team that he did against them, but of course. Yeah, okay. It'll be a mad for Ross Stewart. Okay, okay. So a mad just starting up up front by himself. Little target, man, like a mini, mini Messi. Yeah, you know, like what Matt done second half yeah. when uh, Rostro came off. There you go. Uh, so Don Don Colino says La Resistance de Sunderland. <laughs> I'm guessing that's about the uh, the French uh, French lads coming in. And Dill says new lads with O nine on the bench. I kind of I kind of I'm kind of on board with that. I think Luke O nine shouldn't just automatically jump back into the first team squad because we've had three games without him now, and during those three games, we haven't crumbled. We've shown ourselves to be strong and resilient. Yeah. 
Catamolesque mentality, says Don. DJ, what are you thinking with uh, Luco 9 versus the new lads? Because I think that's ultimately where that position is opening up. That was, yeah, sorry. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, Luco 9, he deserves to still have his chance. He's been so mm-hmm. committed to the club. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I certainly wouldn't replace him by, by all means. Um, well, we've had to for the last three games, though. That's the point. Um, yeah. he, does he have to compete for his place back because the new lads have actually done a good job? Or do you think he ultimately gets back into the place because he's a, better than those new newer lads? That's... You want for Tony more. It depends if he's stubborn or not, on it. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it, it is a funny one. Um, I can see him just jumping straight back into the side. I I can't see him jumping straight back into the side because he he's a he's a good yes man. Like I said, he puts his heart on the sleeve. He does do the catamolesque. He does play his heart out every single game. But. Putting in maximum effort versus somebody with skill and ability, which one wins? I think it's completely opponent dependent. I mean, it's uh, obviously if the skill of the other players totally outshine mm-hmm. um, or nine, then you would think that it's a results business, mm-hmm. and the better player has to go on, no matter how likable the other person is. If the other person's a better player and he shows his skills. That's not do, wouldn't it? So the, the the thing I'm getting at here is essentially uh like uh Dale mentions, Millwall's always a dirty game. I'd much rather have a Luco nine on the pitch than a skiller on the pitch. Because as long as he doesn't get sent it's a, off. It's a rough, yeah, it's a rough and tumble. Well, if he gets sent off, the new lads come into the next game automatically, don't they? <laughs> this debate is completely null and void at that point. He's he's off again and we we we've got to just replace him with What's it called? Steadier heads. Ah, fun times. But yeah. Full Fulham game side, we have a replay against them um in about five days. Um just after this Millwall game. So by the time we have the next Friday night football, we will have played that game. So I'm gonna ask for your predictions. Um I'm not sure Darv's back. So DJ, what are you saying for the Millwall replay? Not the Millwall prepare the Fulham replay be after the Millwall game. Yeah. Yeah, it is, but it's at the Stadium of Light, and I think both teams are going to put out roughly the same squads. I think it'll be a tight something like a two one or a one nil. Okay, I, I, I'm down with that. Paul? As it is for me, I don't want this game to go to penalties. <laughs> go on, then. <laughs> so, you, you're saying it's so... going to be another draw. You're saying it's going to be another draw, but Sunderland lose on penalties. Is that what, is that what we're getting at? No. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> you're not putting that down, not recording that. Go on. No. Uh, if we play like we did uh, their ground 
uh, and we uh, our supporters get behind them at home. I'm gonna say three nil Sunderland. Three nil. Wow. Okay, that's a that's a huge leap, but I'll take it. Yeah, why not? <laughs> um, Dean saying Millwall is a dirty team. We'll talk about Millwall next. Uh, let's go. I'll drive Firmsty out. Akeisha is saying a four nil Sunderland game. So she's trumping you there, mate. <laughs> and Jill is saying three two on the night to Sunderland. And I am going to say for oh, I'm going to say I'm going to say it's going to go to penalties. I'm going to say it's going to be a one-one game again, and then we're going to win on penalties for free. That's the nice if it went to penalties. Who would you actually let take them? Uh, the new lads, all all the youngins. Well, to be fair, that's our entire starting eleven. Um, anybody but um, Danny Bart. Don't know if I can trust Danny Bart as a penalty taker. I know he's good at shot stopping shots, but I don't know how good he is at taking them. So yeah, I'd let Ahmad, I'd let literally anybody, Clark, Roberts, or anybody take these shots, but not our defenders. As soon as our defenders get involved, we fuck it up. So yeah. <laughs> um just get the five forwards to do it first. So yeah, penalties. Don Colino's also said one one. Oh, anyone but Mowbray. <laughs> oh, Mowbray. Imagine. Mowbray be shouting his head off for the other side. Could you imagine? Do you know when you, your team goes down and you've got to play like your entire starting 11? And then imagine if the 12th kick is your manager's. Oh, Chris Rigg would be a wobbler. Um, I don't know if he would, he would either step up to the moment and it would make his the start of his career. Or he would just wobble it and um you yeah. Well, I would actually love him to score at all. Oh, it'd be mint. It'd be absolutely mint. Um, it's on TV as well. <laughs> yeah, which is which is which is really good because we can do a good watch long stream without any VPNs, which is really nice. Hello, Lola. Dog's walking up. Right. Yeah, because if we beat uh, Fulham, yeah, we'll actually have leads. Uh, Leeds at home as well. So yes, could, and uh, on TV. Dill <laughs> <laughs> um, Rig will score. Malfar, let the let the mangas take the last kick. Managers, <laughs> Elliot, <laughs> could we sign Tony Mowbray as a striker? Um, if he's a free agent, I think we can actually. So he has to just be registered as a um, EFL player, and uh, no, an EFL, an FA player. FIFA player, just, and he can. Just have to ask Morbury if he's got his boots. <laughs> I'd much rather bring in the academy players who are like 12, like we do with Rig, just to get more academy players in, if we're that desperate for a striker. Um, like Max Thompson. Li- literally anyone. <laughs> I've got any up front. Anyone. <laughs> uh, uh, what's he, yeah, the, the ginger keeper. Uh, well, Carney. Carney, not Kenny, Carney, yeah. I'd have Kenny. Oh, you said he would be up so, up front. <laughs> yeah, I'd have, I'd, no, I'd have him up front. I'd, I know he's a keeper, but I'd put him up front in in front of Tony Mowbray. Put it that way. He's got more legs on him. <laughs> uh, I've had that, Alex. <laughs> Alex Pastor scored the winner. <laughs> <laughs> Dude. Oh, 
Just put on all of the the reserve third choice players. There you go. Right. So replay. We're all hoping for a Sunderland win. I think that's essentially what we're going at. It's on TV. We're going to enjoy it. We're going to do a watch long stream. That's so can... cool. Plus you're going. Yeah. Uh, so it's going to be carnage. I'm going to see you on camera, aren't you? You're going to pitch invade if we win. <laughs> Please don't pitch invade. It's a bad idea. Uh, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> So you're just gonna make sure me voice off. <laughs> tomorrow's matches, Millwall. What are we thinking around that one, boys and girls and lads and lasses, people with glasses? Don't know if you need to specify that anymore. Um, I'll go first on this one. Millwall are obviously just above us with um, I'd say a very, very, very similar season to what we've had so far. They've got a game in hand on us, um, but what we do better than them is score. What they do better than us is defend, <laughs> like by a country mile. Um, we've got similar form. We're on a similar trajectory. For me, it's got written a draw all over it. Um, I'd much rather prefer Sunland win, obviously, but I'm going to say a 2-2 Sunland Millwall draw. What are you going for, boys? DJ's 2 0 Sunderland. Paul is. I'll take a draw, 1 1. Oh, that voice break. Um, what one more to score for them. Because I don't know what was for them now. Do that means he would have played against us two weeks in a row. Yeah. For two yeah, different season teams. Eek. Eek. You think you think a one-one draw then? Right, uh, one more to score for them, and you know what? Gellhart to score for us. Do you think Gellhart's coming on the bench or from the bench, or do you think he's starting? Tony Mowbray actually gives the hint that Gellhart will be starting. That's good fucking news. Got body striker, so yeah, <laughs> best starting. Uh, Dale is saying two-one for us. DJ. Who are you saying scoring in our 2 0 win tomorrow? Depends who's going to get a start, but I think. I fancy Rig will get one. Rig? Okay. Um, I'll, go for, I'll go for the lad from Leeds. Gellhart. Right, I can see Darv is still on mute, so I'll I'll skip over Darv unless you're there, mate. Three, two, one. Nope. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> Dale is in two one to us, and Acacia is in Sunland nil, three against Millwall. Is that you saying Millwall are going to beat us three nil? Really don't like that. <laughs> but I'll warn you, my team Sheffield United. A role player, Oli Burke, is on loan at Millwall from a German team. So, yes, I'm ready to shoot, lads. My tea is ready. No worries, DJ, mate. Um, enjoy your tea. Hopefully it's not pig's trotters. You're eating actual food. I've <laughs> <laughs> suddenly to win. Okay, I prefer I prefer that occasion. Okay, Sunderland free, no win. Um, DJ, if you need to jump, feel free to, mate. Don't worry about it. I'll, um, we've got about back. five minutes. Oh, there you go. Right. Dog's back. <laughs> Sorry, my dad phoned and he fucking talks over it. In Jesus. 
But it's all right. This has not been recorded. You don't need to evidence your disdain for conversations with your father. Um, we've just gone through the Fulham replay prediction, and then we're doing the Millwall prediction. Yeah, uh, so, about, sorry, I, I don't know. We're going back to the Fulham game, but very quickly, yeah. Um, Patterson was actually the rated player. In what? The best rated, rated player. player. Yeah, because he made twelve yeah, saves, and you get point three. Yeah, who was this, who's the best outfield player for Sunderland? Give me a second, I'll find out. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, replay. What do you reckon the scoreline's going to be? I said a draw penalties and we'll win 4-3 on penalties. We're playing Millwall, right? Uh, so Millwall's our Saturday game and Wednesday is the Fulham replay. Fulham. I'm going to go, I'm going to stick with my original for the first. I'll go 1-0 Sunderland. Okay, I'll take that. Thank you very much. Sunderland are through Millwall. to play Leeds. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Millwall. Hmm. Triper 09 says Dill to get the goals. Uh, Dean saying a tight 1 0 to Sunderland against Fulham. Uh, Fulham. Millwall. It's been a long time. Where are Millwall? One place. Yeah, they're, they're ahead of us, one game in hand, but we've scored, we've scored eight more goals than them and conceded five more two. We have a much better goal difference, but. Goal difference. You know, five game played as well. Literally identical. Mm-hmm. It like uh, I, it's I, I, be a tough game. You know, I'll, I'll go for a, I'll go for a nil nil. A nil nil. I said two two. Oh, yeah. So there you go. A lot of people saying tight game, tight game. Imagine it's been. I can imagine all of a sudden we'll see a game where Sunderland dominate like we did against Reading, and yeah, it could be like six nil or something. It, it just 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 watch the space. Could be the best game Sunderland play all season and not this tight affair that everybody's expecting. Um, <sighs> so, highest rated outfield player was. It was actually defender. Uh, Danny Ball? So, the highest Sunderland outfield player was Hume with a 7.8. I'll try Hume. Yeah. And okay. The actual highest altogether was Solomon with an 8. Where are you looking at for these reviews? Uh, it's on FootMob. It tracks like it tracks everything. It's so good. So like I can click on Patterson and it'll tell me his stats. So he played for ninety <laughs> minutes. He made ten saves. Uh, got a pass accuracy of twenty five percent. He made five diving saves, eight saves inside the box, one punches, six throws, one so, high claim, so thirteen you... recoveries, and thirty nine touches. So what you're getting out there, it's essentially without Patterson, we would have lost that. Without Patterson, you would have been... Absolutely tranced on. Yeah, fair. Yeah, you would have been panned. <laughs> fair. We've, uh... that's, that's why I'm pleased Patterson actually played, to be honest. Yeah. Um, do you know, if we lose and every team directly below us win, uh, the lowest we will finish the day on is 14th, which I think is a bit of a fall from grace from where we're at. Form wise, at least. Is that Stewart is a Ross Stewart? Yeah, was... injured. Yeah, he he has the worst rating in the league, probably because he was injured. He was injured in the twentieth minute. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, but he's got. A, if you twenty minutes, he's got a six point one. So that's not bad actually. He had two shots, didn't he? I'm going to say this now. If he, if Stewart wasn't injured. You know yeah. what? I think we would have beat Fulham. Yeah, I, I think. 
I think so too. Because at that point we're already ahead, weren't we? I think you should have, yeah, we go 1 0 up. I think you should have beaten them anyway, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Uh, Fulham weren't proving themselves to be like the top tier Premier League opposition, were they? No. That's the problem with scoring early. Anyways, uh, we are over the hour. So I am going to start wrapping it up there. Um, you know what to do. Um, hit the like, subscribe. Do the same for Darvlar's channel, at Darvlar. Do the same for Paul's channel, at RWA Productions. And for DJ's channel, at DJ Earth SFC. Well, I'll pop a little message in the chat, just in case you want a quick link. And that's it. Hello, lads. Catch you tomorrow on the Watch Along.